Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 2, 12 through 16, called Work Out What God is Working in You. When you get, first get saved, you can think of like a child's life. When you're first born, you know, there's only so much that is expected of you. But as you grow and mature, of course, you're going to mature and digest differently and act differently. That's all a given. But let's just assume for a moment that we have a good number of experienced believers in the room. What's the difference between believer A and believer B? I would argue that it's all about discipline and effort on the sanctification side. Everybody with me? Not on the salvation side, but how productive you are as a believer, how effective you are as a believer, is how much you are working out what God is working in. Amen? It's just that simple. And that's the truth of the matter. We're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now, God is working in us, and Walter Martin put it this way, that good works complete the testimony of faith by witnessing to the fact of that faith's existence. They serve to justify us before men who cannot see the grace or the faith that has already justified us before God, close quote. So this is what good works do. They testify to the watching world who can't see what's happened in our heart. They can only see the way we live, the way we talk, our behavior. So here's the good news. The challenge in verse 12, here's the reality theologically. For it is God, verse 13, who is at work in you. Brethren, take heart. God is working. Amen? God is at work in you right now. Now, we go through seasons where maybe you're a little bit more dry or a little less passion. I regularly pray, Lord, baptize me afresh with boldness. Clothe me with the Lord Jesus Christ. Renew my passion. I have to pray stuff like that all the time. But here's what I know. God is at work in my life. And he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In the very first chapter, we studied this verse. He who began a good work in you, it's a good work, will complete it Till the day of Christ. Amen? God began a good work. God is good. He began a good work in you, and he has a good purpose that he's doing in your life. So if the enemy's been speaking to you the opposite of that lately, if you've been thinking that, well, maybe these things are not good, or you've been getting negativity, or the enemy's been assaulting you, uh, uh, like, you know, your Christian life is fruitless, you know, this, this or that, don't listen to that junk. God is good. He is doing a good work in you, and he will, he's doing it for a good purpose. Amen? This is what we need to remember. God is at work. The word work there is uh, a word energeo in Greek, where we get the English word energy. God is supplying the power. What's he after? What is he trying to do in my life? Look at the end of verse 13. He is working in our will to will and to work for his good pleasure. If you have an NIV, it says his good purpose. God is working right in your will. 
And that's right where he needs to be working because that's the issue. There's an old saying in the church. It's all about the willingness to be willing. Isaiah saw that great vision of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the Lord, the King. And when the Lord asked the question, who will I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. He had already admitted that he was a man of unclean lips, that he lived among a people of unclean lips, but still he raised his hand. God works in the will. Do you know when you're starting to make progress as a Christian, when your prayers become this way? Not my will, but yours be done. Instead of a laundry list of 27 things, I like this, I like that, I'd like you to do this, I'd like you to do it within the next 15 minutes, uh, that would be nice. I'd like you to do this, that, this, that. If you're starting to pray, Lord, if my prayer is off, I want you to search my heart and shift my will to your will. That's when you know you're growing. Even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it. And Lord, one more thing. Not my will, but yours be done. Amen? That's when you know that you are growing. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want it. I don't want to drink it. Nevertheless, not my will, but Yours be done. Have this mind in you. Are you with me? Which was also in Christ Jesus. This is what God is doing. He works on the heart level in the area of my will. That's that's why it's so painful sometimes as a believer. Because the sanctifying process confronts me with how often my will is so far removed from God's will. How consumed I can be with the flesh or the immediate things instead of the will of God and the kingdom of God. God is at work in my will to will and to work for what? For his good purpose. Let me just show you one passage, Second Peter, towards the back of the New Testament that walks this out a little bit and gives us the proper order. So Peter, who had, of course, his share of failures and victories, Second Peter chapter 1, we'll try to put it up on the screen here if you are not able to turn there. He talks about grace and peace being multiplied in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, Second Peter 1, 3. Seeing that his divine power, there's that power, has granted to us how much? Everything pertaining to life and godliness or God, godly living, living like Christ, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Look at this. In order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature. The spirit lives in us. We have been, we have experienced being born again, etc. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now look at our part. That's all God's part. We're partakers. We have everything we need. Now for this very reason also, verse 5. Applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. In your godliness, 
brotherly kindness. In your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. For he who lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing of you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Amen? God is working. He's saved you if you're a believer. He's called you. He's got good works. But now you got to work out what he's working in you. You are to walk out the good works. Paul, in the book of Romans, turn back to Philippians, says these words. He says, Not that I presume to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, Romans 15, 18, and 19. Here's my point. We're going to look back one day on what the Lord has done in and through our lives, and we'll give him all the glory. If we're going to boast in anything, we'll boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. Yet, at the same time, Paul would say, I worked harder than all of them. And he's talking about the apostles. Uh, Yet not I, but Christ in me. Here's the point. You have a part to play. And it's, and it's not about us just sitting around waiting for something to happen. We're actually called to be active, to be disciples, because God is working and we're to walk it out. Now you might say, well, Pastor Michael, what does it look like when we walk this kind of stuff out? Like what would be some of the things that would be seen in us as we work out what God is working in? Oh, buckle up. Verse 14, do all things... Some translations say some things. It's only because people crossed out all and put some in there. That's second opinions, chapter, and never mind. There's no loopholes here. It says, do all things without grumbling. NIV has complaining or disputing. NIV has arguing. If you want to know what a life looks like where the will of God is triumphant or dominant, it will start to come out in less... I said less complaining because I think you guys can't take the fact that it should be no complaining. But actually, that's what the verse says. But I have some hope for you. So in Exodus 23, we studied on Wednesday night, the message was called the angel of the Exodus. Many scholars believe it's a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus leading the Israelites through the wilderness. And he says, when you go into the promised land, you're not going to conquer everything immediately. But you'll conquer the peoples in the land of Canaan, the promised land. Listen to this. Little by little. And I would say that that's a good word for a lot of us to find some encouragement. That for most of us, sanctification happens little by little. Now, some of you are the exception. You got saved and your testimony is on the night I got saved. I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I quit quit chewing. I don't curse anymore. And all of us can say, so what? You know, <laughs> uh, now, there, there are those incredible miracle stories. But for most of us, 
Sanctification will happen little by little. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, producer of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We are over halfway through this year. And you have raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast equipping people with God's truth. Now, we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is still strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcast and stream on their phone, but radio in a car or at home is still free for listeners. Most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We are looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we would like to become fully funded by listeners. This will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk. He says, when you go into the promised land, you're not going to conquer everything immediately, but you'll conquer the peoples in the land of Canaan, the promised land. Listen to this. Little by little. And I would say that that's a good word for a lot of us to find some encouragement. That for most of us, sanctification happens little by little by little. Now, some of you are the exception. You got saved, and your testimony is, on the night I got saved, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I quit chewing, I don't curse anymore. And all of us can say, so what? (laughs) Uh, Now, there, there are those incredible miracle stories. But for most of us, sanctification will happen little by little. So I want to give you some hope. If I say to you, your challenge this week is not to complain for the whole week. Some of you are going to tune me out. Oh, that's just not possible. That's not a reasonable. I'm not Jesus. <laughs> All right. I feel you. How about this? And I think some people around you might appreciate this. How about if you complained less? Hmm? Now, my wife and I had a chance to get away. Uh, we did a one night and got away and uh, it was a wonderful time. We were down near the coast, 
And uh, we woke up fairly early, and I went out. I got a recommendation from one of the hotel workers and went out to this place to order some food for us. I was on very limited coffee. It was all new to me. So I went up to this order window, and I was going to order a very healthy breakfast burrito, a couple of coffees. Down by the beach, that's $47 just for that, right? So I, I was in the process of trying to get familiar with the uh, the menu, and the lady was on the other side. She had a mask on, which made it a little less personal, but that's irrelevant. But she basically threw me through the grinder. So what would you like, sir? Breakfast burrito? Which kind, sir? Well, how many kinds do you have? The menu's over there, sir. Oh, uh, I'd like uh, one with eggs and... Ba- we had this, sir. You want to add bacon to that one, sir? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. I mean, what else do you want, sir? I don't. Uh, basically, implicit in the order taking, I happen to be a customer at this establishment, uh, was, you're wasting my time, you bug me, get out of here. And in the flesh, that's precisely what I wanted to do. Something like this. You know what, lady? <laughs> you got an attitude problem. I'm about to, I've never done this before, but I'm going on Yelp right now. And I'm going to give you a negative two and a half star review. What's your problem? Why the attitude? What's going on? And it was all on the inside. But what came out is after I got my food, <laughs> I just said, have a nice day. And I just went off. But then as I was going back, I began to revisit the conversation. Her problem, I'm going out to the beach for one night, trying to get a little rest from ministry in difficult situations. Burrito, what burrito do you want? I named two. Which one do you want? So I did that, got back to our place, and the first temptation I had was to share it with my lovely wife. You, some of you are right with me, you won't believe what happened. I went to the window, just tried to order a burrito. The lady's grilling me, and and I wanted to do it, and I wanted to tell her, because I wanted her to share in my misery. I wanted her to grumble and complain right along with me, because there's beauty in a multitude of complainers. Maybe not. And I knew I was preaching on this text. How inconvenient. And so about three different times, honey, you didn't even know this. I tried, I was about to say, and you know what? When I ordered the food and the lady, and I didn't do it. And it was so difficult. But the breakfast burrito was the bomb. It was really good. Anyway, so I'm glad I ordered it. What's my point? I have no idea. No. Simply this, it's not only our complaining, it's that we complain about situations to others. And here's the reason this is important. This is what Israel did and got themselves in trouble with God. In fact, the root idea, the verse behind this is an Old Testament Exodus verse where Israel was constantly complaining about God. We want, we're sick of the manna, where's our water, where's this, where's that? They had been delivered out of slavery by God's powerful hand, but they complained. And I will tell you that complaining is pretty much what the world's about. When things aren't going perfect for people in the world, that's what they do. 
Romans chapter one says the unbelieving world is unthankful towards God. They spend their, they don't think about him, but then they complain when something goes wrong in their life. And that's not how it should be with you, my brethren. So if you want to know what it means to work out your salvation in the text, in the flow, here's number one. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. Now, at, behind this in chapter four, we're going to find out that two women in the Philippian church are at odds with one another. They've been arguing. Two women that helped Paul greatly in the gospel ministry. And Paul's worried about the situation. He says, I want you to tell them to be in harmony in the Lord. This is not just about the world and, you know, a, a rude person at a business. This is about us. And here's the convicting part. How much of your Christian life do you spend complaining about other believers? And what fruit does that ever accomplish? None. That's what the enemy does. He's constantly, you know, assaulting us before the Father, convicting us and so forth, accusing us. We don't need it. And so I would encourage you to take the P214 challenge. You know what the P214 challenge is? So we have a group of brothers here who are golfers in the church, or I use that word loosely. <laughs> and so we had taught on this some years back, and we we're playing golf together. And one of the, the guys in our group, you know, the golf course is filled with uh, guttural noises. Uh, they're not, they don't even sound human. And a lot of people who hit golf balls and then they get into ancestry and they, they talk uh, not so great about God and so forth. And it's a constant. Hit a golf ball. Oh. Hit a golf ball. Oh. Right? There's some golfers, you don't even know why they go there because they're so bad, it's every shot. And so I hit a shot that did not go where I wanted it to go and I did a little muttering. <laughs> and one of our congregants in the group with Pastor Michael said, P214. And I was like, don't be quoting Bible verses to me now. <laughs> Say what, Pastor Michael? The P214 challenge. You've been listening to Work Out What God is Working in You, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 2, 12 through 16. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you in need of prayer or guidance? Hey, getting through the week has its challenges sometimes, and we have pastors on staff ready to hear what you have to say. Whatever you're going through, please call us. Walk in Truth has pastors on staff ready to talk to you Tuesdays through Fridays during normal daytime business hours. Please call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you hear some of the words in Philippians 2, 12 through 16, and you're like, I don't need to work out my salvation. Jesus forgave me. I don't do any, I don't need to do anything more, right? Well, you don't have to do anything more in regard to being saved. That's fully, wholly dependent upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's a gift. You can't add to it. There's nothing that you can do. Uh, you can't add one more thing to his perfection and the beauty of his gift. But what we're talking about here is working out the implications of your salvation. More specifically, we're talking about a word that maybe you've heard before and maybe you haven't heard defined. It's sanctification. 
What does that mean? It means becoming more and more like the one who saved you. And that is the uh, work of sanctification. And so, uh, you know, some, somebody might say, once I get saved, don't I have the get out of hell free card and I'll put it in my wallet and then I'll just go on with my life. No, because your life is to be used for the glory of God in bringing others to Christ, in being his hands and his feet in this world, in loving those who are part of his family. So uh, going to church is not just about going to a building. It's about being the church, fellowship, the beauty of the corporate body of Christ. Uh, All of these things are why it matters that you continue to work out what God is working in. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. We're so glad you're walking through the book of Philippians with us. And we're going to have a final section on Philippians 2, 12 through 16 tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Hey, thank you, all of you who pray for us. We're deeply appreciative of our prayer partners and our partners in financial giving. If you want to find out more about this ministry, go to walkintruth.com. And remember, you can always catch our podcast as well when you search for Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast platform. Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless you. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $20 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 2, 12 through 16, called Work Out What God is Working in You. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.